0: Listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh! He knocked the headgear off
1: him. This is unbelievable, rugby Footy Talk Journos Edition, Adam Peacock here with James Grayman. Aaron Woods? Woodsy. We've got some stories about journos today.
0: Yeah, we get to dish some dirt and I've got a cheeky little story about a, a good night that myself, Dave Clummer and James Hooper had.
1: There's a stack of stories on the way. Here it is, Footy Talk. Footy Talk is back, journos edition this week. And I'm Adam Peacock, I'm not a journo, a rugby league journo anyway, so this is going to be odd because we've got no journos in the room, happily so. Even though James Graham has a very successful career in the media and he asks a lot of questions, he's here with Aaron Woods. And boys, we're going to talk about players' relationships with journos because Brent Reid's off to Vegas, Chammie's off to Vegas, Danny Wilder. I don't know where he is. Last I saw he was skiing in Park City. But anyway, we'll um, we'll leave those guys to do what they have to do in, in preparation for Vegas. But guys, thanks for dropping by for a chat about this subject because I'm interested to know from a player's perspective the relationship with journos.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having us on. I'm glad you cleared things up that I am not a journalist. I think <laughs> from the three people here, I'm the least most journalistic. <laughs> but uh, you ask so, the most questions, though, with your buy-around podcast and well, you work here at Triple but it, but M. it's intriguing, Fox.
0: the buy-around.
2: Yeah, mm. to an extent. To an extent. <laughs> to an extent. But I think... I don't want to call journalists a necessary evil. I reckon just call them that. <laughs> you reckon just call them the necessary... Especially no, that
0: chemist dribbler.
2: I think that there's certainly a need for them in the game. And look, I've I've been in and around the traps for a long time. And geez, they they do work hard. They're always on their phone. They're always buttering up the right people. They're all playing their games. So yeah, look, they're needed in the game. I do like a breaking story. You, and It makes the game interesting because... Sometimes there's truth to it and
0: sometimes there's no truth to it. It's who they're getting the information from. Yeah. With the agendas behind the scenes, but you can't help but not look at the story sometimes. No, no just you like, can't. You, Even you, as players. Yeah, it just pops up. The, I, I wear it, like I reckon Jimmy, like he'd tell you he's a bit older and later on in your career, you're at that stage you just like you can read anything. But mm. for young blokes, I, I'd say do not read anything. And do they? You see it sometimes, sometimes, sometimes
2: yes, sometimes no. It, it's hard. It's hard not to. If someone's writing, a, you know, an opinion on you, that's hard. Or your team, it's hard to ignore. I and mean, mm. even sometimes you may choose to ignore it, but it gets thrown in your face. How oh, have you yeah. seen what such a body said about you? It's like especially, no, but I suppose you're going to tell me. Expect, then,
0: but especially how it's how easy it's accessible now. Like when I first come to grade, there was no Instagram like you wouldn't see all these little pop-ups from you know you're that yeah that old yeah feel like I'm <laughs> getting old mate but it's just it just pops up everywhere when you're not yeah. even looking for it like like jimmy said and it's like oh or well, they mentioned manly or Woods, oh, damn, I've been mentioning this article.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. You're getting more from the media this season than you are from Manly. But anyway, we'll, we'll get into some past stories of where famous stories and, and maybe stories that people don't know about, about how it works behind the scenes when things are written about you, things are written about your team, your teammates, who you really want to defend as well. But an overarching question, are you mates with any? Can you be mates with journos? Or have you got to keep that
0: separation when you're playing? Yes and no. Um, mm. Look, I've probably become friends being able to do this job in media with Triple M. Um, you know, every Saturdays you get to work with you know Brent Reed. Like, I give him a lot of crap, but I, I do respect him as well. Like, yeah. I, I've got that there's a fine line, you know. You don't want to disrespect or bully, but you want to treat him like a mate. And I do see myself as a mate with Reedy. I wouldn't say I'm a mate with all journos, but there's a couple out there you'd probably shake hands, you might have a beer with them afterwards,
2: and there's some you would probably just shake hands and walk away. I think, look, I've got to know a number of journalists uh, throughout my time in the media. work with James Hooper very often, you know, like to go for a beer with him uh, from time to time. But not necessarily when players are mates with journalists. It's funny when journalists are with each other mm. because they don't always get along with each other. It's always interesting to see the different Egos. dynamics at play. When journalists are together, and do you uh, become you know like Switzerland
1: say- there? Do you, you like, like, oh. kind of just kind of sit on both sides and just niggle away and kind of y- inflame the situation?
2: Yeah, you know, it's best to try and you know poke the bear.
0: <laughs> I, mate, I got first hand look at that actually when we went to Vegas to promote the NRL. Yeah, um, we had obviously Danny Widler, Andrew Webster, James Hooper, Michael Kerianos. So they're a different breed when they're together. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're different personalities. It's it's a bit like a footy team, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and true. When you're playing though, and especially when I go back to when you guys were at the top top of your yep. game, and you, you you've got that I don't know if you played with a siege mentality, but certainly in the Des days, you would have tried to, you would have tried to infuse you with that. But you're at the top of your game, you're earning good coin, and you feel like you're a bit of a dressing room leader. Are you a bit like the the guard dog for some of the other players when things are written about players? Yeah, definitely in your change room, and you know it's wrong, or you know it's a little off the mark or harsh.
0: Hundred percent. I'd I'd probably ring the journal up straight away. Um, yeah, you know, especially if it's false. Yeah, you know some of the information that they read, like that they write. Sorry, they tend to get it from a source that's probably maybe trying to put a wedge through your group or or the club. Um, there's so many things behind it. It's not just like how do I say? It's not always true. Their stories, mm. what they're getting fed. Yeah, there's times in my career where I've just. Being completely opposite, you know, obviously when Robbie Farah had to move on from from Tigers, Mm. there was a couple of journalists at that period of time. Um, And it's funny because you can sort of tend to see which ones know each other because they tend to find themselves at, you know, if they know there's going to be a big news story or something breaking, they'll be out the side of training ready for it to break, and then as soon as you walk out, there'll be a camera there or something. And then, you know, the other thing is, what do they expect from the players when you do walk out? What, you want us to full open up and have a conversation about it? <laughs> it's that, it's so raw with us, and they're just like, oh, we just want to hear one of your players speak. Like, well, we'll come speak, and we'll say... We're not going to talk about the matter. It hasn't, you know, yeah. hasn't fully sunk in. what We you know we haven't took everything in of what we know yet.
1: Well, they know that if there's some kind of emotion yeah. being
2: involved in whatever's happening behind that's the it. scenes, that they want to scratch that and get mm. a bit out and, and play on that. Um, I, I always found it, you know, one of the leading journalists would say, for instance, when I was at the Bulldogs, th- this player's linked with the Bulldogs. They're coming down. They've They've inspected the training ground. And that's a specialised position. So that means the person who's playing in that current specialized position yeah. is starting to ask the question, well, what does this hold for me? Yep. So, you know, they're well within their right to go and speak to the coach, the board, but often you'd be that person that would be putting your arm around saying, hey, mm. look, it's a game. Mm. You don't know. Like, that could be their player manager, trying to inflate a price, trying to get a gauge. You know, th- there could be an element of truth, but... There's very different between linked with, offering, signed. So, yeah, often it's those those stories of your club is is linked with a, a player from another club and the impact that that's having on the current playing group. Did you ever get a question uh, when you were at the Bulldogs in particular
1: about because you were having a good success, you know, you're, you're always up the top of the ladder of something that you thought you, you almost took personal a question. You go, how the bloody hell did you know that? It might have been right or it might have been wrong. And then you're like, you, you, you sit back and you go, how on earth has this piece of information got out of these four walls? Because that's obviously when situations happen within clubs that it becomes really more difficult than it needs to be, I'd imagine, with CEOs and, and coaches
2: and, you know, what coaches are like. I, <laughs> Ever had that? I can remember uh, Josh Reynolds spoke in front of the uh, entire playing group Mm. to announce that he would be leaving. Going to the West Tigers. Going to the West Tigers. Now, before that, it was a a big training day. I think we'd had a field session. Then we had lunch and media. So it was one of those days where the media come, they get to select their players. They all packed up, gone home. After lunch, before weights, Josh wants to speak to the group. So Josh speaks to the group. We go in, we do our weights. By the time we were leaving... Uh, after, after everyone's showered and done recovery and, and all the little extras we leave in the car park two or three of the mem- media member of the media are back Had with the cameras be. and we it's are like not well, like how's this got from <laughs> from the group to the press to get them back again because so it's not Josh because he's there the not, whole time off his well, phone yeah Josh so. so was in that meeting so yeah there was somebody within the group or Josh's agent well yeah maybe, may, may, maybe but we, we were well, we were thinking, and we don't know if Josh's agent would have done that. Yeah. we were pretty clued up to think it was somebody within the playing group. Just mystifying how it can get well, out. I it the West
0: Tigers for eight years; it used to get out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> <it> still does.
1: <laughs> You're like a rice strainer, at that club. Oh, <laughs> the stuff that got through and, yep. and out as well. There is one here on the rundown. It says partying stories. Back to back to that as well. Hoops with Woodsy and Chamis and a beer skull.
0: Oh no, so, so Can you do uh, in here? That, That's that's actually two stories. It wasn't them two together. I don't think, oh, okay. I don't those. think you'd find them two together in a room. Okay. Um, you know, as Jimmy said, that uh journos are quite different when they're around each other. Yep. So this was a funny one. This was after, do you remember that in Origin when I did the I tried to jump into the huddle I missed? Yep. So what happened? I had to do a thing with Matty John's show and Clem was already in there, big yeah. Dave Clemmer. And then we organized because we both had the buy that weekend. It was so we played the Wednesday and then we had the buy that weekend, so we were going to Bowman to have a beer. And then we're in there, and then like I think Fletch goes, "What are you boys doing tonight?" So oh, we're just getting a beer because we got a. They give us an Uber, you know, picked us up, got us on the way to the Maddie John show, and I think Hoops overheard us, and because mm. Hoops is from the inner west, and was like, "Yeah, mate, we're just going to our main have a beer. Come if you want." Blah blah blah. So he ended up coming. He met us there after they finished the show or finished the call. I can't remember what it was, and we were just ordering drinks. You know, we're getting so we're getting six bourbon and cokes at the time, obviously two each. Uh, and then we'll muck around, oh, you double-parked, you know. <laughs> skull the first one. Awesome. You know, mm. then just sip on the second one. But if you drink with clamor, you know, he drinks like water. So they're all going yep. down pretty quick. And as the night went on, you know, it got a little bit blurry, you know, we're pretty you know, tipsy, whatever it was. But what Hoops didn't know was that every time we are getting six bourbon and, bourbon and cokes, Hoops was getting two double-shot bourbon and cokes. Oh, dear. So we we're getting four normal bourbon and cokes and then two double-shot bourbon and cokes for Hoops and making him skull every time. So – But he was poleaxed. So, the next day, you know, I got his number. I sent him a text, "Hey, you traveling?" No reply. Mm. And I think as I was driving with my missus somewhere in the car, I was listening to Triple M. Mm. There was a game at Cogra, and then Maroon's talking, blah blah blah. And then he goes, "Oh, we're going to go down the sideline of James Hooper. Can you give us a, a, a look on that injury that happened to the player?" Next thing you know, hoops talks on, hey boys, how you going? <laughs> <laughs> and then he finally ran me back after the game and he goes, mate, how are you feeling? I said, Oh, it was pretty big. night. he goes, Man, I feel like I've been hit for six. <laughs> I said, yeah, it might have been a double shot Bourbon oh, got, <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah. And uh any bad stories written about
1: you in, in after that? No, he was pretty good. <laughs> he was good. Yeah, yeah he was good. Probably get Fair enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Of a more serious nature, James, it was this it was pretty intriguing outside looking in, but it was two men with a really strident point of view, but it was you sticking up for yourself. And it was Peter Fitzsimons from the Sydney Morning Herald, very successful writer, long-term columnist, who gave his views, and still does, forthrightly about concussion. And it was basically having a go at you for not looking after yourself when you may or may not have had a head knock. How did that go down about essentially someone telling you how to live.
2: Yeah, it was a very, um, very interesting time. Obviously, uh, throughout my career, I've had plenty uh, written and said and lots of uh, opinions um, formulated uh, about me, my playing and some of the incidences I've been involved in uh but nothing on the rugby field or any nothing that anybody's ever written about me or on the rugby field has ever invoked such a response as uh, Peter Simons article uh, and I put inverted commas there article cuz I don't think it was an article I I took it as a very personal attack
1: yeah so just so, run it back
2: you you basically said so look i look after myself and I I can't exactly recall um the, the exact timeline of events, I'd I'd already made comment around concussions, but this was in my time at the Dragons in 2019, I want to mm. say. So I can't recall if it was something I'd said about um, perhaps for me the meaning of life was to find something worth dying for. I'd spoken around concussion, and you know th- there was an, a there was a time there where fundamentally wanted to be the the key decision maker, um, and I wasn't going to be the key decision maker through this you know, barbaric, dumb front rower that has mm. no regard for his future self. It was, you know, a decision that I, I thought perhaps the league at the time was was taking a, an overcautious approach. And part of me speaking as well, which I admit was to sort of create that perception of you've got mm. this guy here that is willing to win at all costs. So look, Peter took part of this interview and just completely painted a false uh picture of myself the words i'd used and like i say it was it, it read like a personal attack and i say a personal attack because he referred to me in the article as james him or he mm. over 20 times mm. in an article and You know, anyone that knows me knows I can be quite emotional and quite Mm -hmm. reactive. So I've read this, read it again. (laughs) And then my wife came home and she's like, what's up? I'm like, can I ask something? Can you read this and let me know what you think? Yeah. Reads it. And I go, I'm within my rights to be pissed off, right? And she's like, she doesn't normally agree with me on stuff like this. She's like, yes, you are. (laughs) So... I managed to get hold of Peter's number and on the phone to him, I was like, mate, you, you, like you're just wrong. Mm. Like everything you, you, you've written lies about me here. Like you just falsified what I've said, the, it, taking it out of context. And I was really pissed off, like mm. ve- pissed off. And he paint, like I say, he painted this picture of this ill-informed person that had no idea that what he was talking about and, and almost described me as a bit of a danger to you know myself the game in general and society mm. as well and how i wouldn't be a, a role model i was like peter you are so far off the mark i actually i'm very well informed on the subject of concussion degenerative brain issues you know if one thing i'm not going to plead is mm. ignorance through this mm. i'm a, I'm fully aware of the risks the dangers but i'm also fully aware of the benefits and i say i privilege the present over the future anyway so i've wrote an open letter back to him and Peter being Peter. On the phone, he was very, you know, oh, mate, you know, sorry, I didn't think you'd take it this way. It was just me doing my job, blah, blah, blah. But then in this letter, obviously, Peter then has responded with another letter. So the letter... Got sorry, he's the... responded with another column. So the Dragons, the club I was playing for at the time, kindly published this letter on their website. Peter's gotten a hold of it. Oh, so it wasn't in... You didn't go to the Herald, which you... No. Within your rights and gone, hey... Can you publish this as a retort to your uh, column? No, I didn't think of it like that. I just thought mm. I'd I'd use the the dragon's website as my um, outlet. Yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> yeah. Lo and behold, Peter, you know, does another column and well, you know, tries to to, tries to discredit. Did he apologise about? It? No, he didn't. They and what, will, what yeah. made it even worse? So, like this basically for me sums up Peter Simons and his agenda like I I don't actually think he cares he hates rugby league I I think he's got agendas at play I don't think he cares about the person I don't really particularly think he's bothered too much about the state of our game your game I think he's just got a bit of a cause and he likes to tell people how to live their life and he there's certain traits to him and all sorts of different things that I particularly, I don't particularly agree with, but fast forward uh, to an event I was at last year or the year before, uh, the Concussion Legacy Foundation Australia launch event. Myself, I've been invited to come and speak on this panel. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, he is there as well. <laughs> on the panel. On the panel. And I'm like, oh, hey, mate, how you going? Blah, blah, blah. You know, just yeah. whatever bygones be. Get. bygones, we're here to launch Concussion Legacy yeah. Foundation Australia, of which I am an ambassador and a board member. Well, yeah. First question, he just gets the mic and goes, are you going to apologize for your comments? Oh. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, n- so he's well, trying to no, put you on the back foot already. Are you, are you going to admit that you were wrong? I was like, no. No. Wow. Like he tried to make it everything about him, and so he also tried to portray as a big dumb footballer. Well, that's what he yeah. that, that that was annoying. But Which he, he could have
1: been portrayed as in the day. He's obviously a pretty intelligent yeah. guy, and he's got his causes and everything like that. But back in the day, if you don't know Peter Fitzsimmons, his mm. his athletic career, he was actually a wallaby. He was yeah, he, exactly. he played a lot of French rugby, and you know he's he's got a brain, and he's he's
2: he's been a professional athlete for a while as well, and so. he's entitled to his opinion, but. Uh, like I say, I think th- the original article was nothing more than a, than a personal attack and it invoked a pretty strong response from me. With that, did it make it worse
1: that he had been there, done that as an athlete, even though not a lot of people would have seen him play or whatever? And the question here is, in general, do you take an affront to, you you know, your behaviour on-field or, you know, not, not so much off-field stuff, like day-to-day being a human being, but on-field behaviour – from people who have never tried to do it themselves? Because that's what I'm always careful out as, is like I've got to criticise like the way teams are playing, but I can never really have a go at a player because he's the one that when he's 45 or something like that, he's going to wake up and chew Voltarans because he's putting his body through hell. I find it hard, but do you guys look at some reporting oh, yeah. of the game and go, the hell is this pencil neck? At times you do. And
0: even like when old blokes as well, like they've played the game and they start, you know, crucifying players this day and age. You don't know what they're going through. There's, you know, they could be going through a divorce off the field, you know, and and things just aren't working. And Jimmy, you play the highest level. It's hard to be like top player every week. It's like if you could prepare like you did for that best game and do it every week, which you try to uh, emulate, Mm. it just doesn't work. You know, there's things happen in games. You could be little niggles throughout the week, but. I find that hard when they try to critique your game. You know, when some they can crush players about their weight that don't look fast, fit enough anymore. And then you look at them; they're no all painting themselves. And and you look at the career that they've had before the journalists, They didn't even step step foot on the foot on a on sporting field. Yeah, how do they? How dare they come out and, and crush players like that? I'm just getting at that respect
1: level you might have for a journal because they've never actually done it, when yeah, they're lot, reporting uh, on what you do
2: you know what though? i think sometimes like your level of performance is open to opinion is open mm. to being criticized you know if you you know aren't performing how some people would anticipate you to play maybe that's based off previous performances paycheck whatever it may be you know if the if the journalist is so far off the mark you know, people aren't going to read the article and they're probably Mm. going to lose their job. So, you know, maybe there's an element of truth there or, you know, a former player uh, that's in the media may notice something that's happening on the game or elements of a certain performance Mm. and call it out, criticise it, give advice on what they may, may or not do. Now, obviously now I'm in that position. Back when I was playing, I probably would have chose to ignore it or used it to try and better my performance. Like I was always into trying to prove people wrong. Mm. Like I wanted to prove people wrong. So if somebody did criticize like my performance or my team's performance, then, you know, my back was, I felt my my back was against the wall and I was going to come out swinging. Just a quick one, Woodsy
1: in origin times when the intensity of the situation is really on, who was the player that surprised you that it just nothing fazed him? Like just no critique of his performance or outside influence from the media, Um, didn't even wash.
0: It was probably a bloke that I knew, like, Jimmy knows him really well. Not that he got hammered a lot, but it was someone like Josh Jackson. He'd just go about his business. The dogs, sometimes they weren't doing too well. Sometimes they're doing really well. You wouldn't be able to tell. He'd get in the camp. He'd just prepare well. He's an absolute professional, but you wouldn't even know if he had a an argument with his missus or anything else. He mm. would always come in. He'd be one of the most spirited blokes in the group. He was so good for culture. What we wanted to be as a blue, we'd call him like Blues Brothers. He was always top three. Every camp I was in with him. So he, he wasn't one to read the player ratings after a game? Mate, he, I don't think he'd even care. <laughs> as long as his players by the side of him were happy, that's all he'd worry about. And, and, and that's what it
2: was. You know, Joshy. Do, do you know what? You, you talk about the player ratings. That, that can affect some people, you know? Yeah, I know plenty of lads time. that would be like, can't believe they only give me a six. Yeah. It's but like, mate, wh- why do you care? Why do you, you care? Know, what about he, the coach? Why does the do coach you care? Think? Yeah, yeah, you,
0: what, yeah. Like, wh- wh- whose opinion yeah. is important? You know, the other one, what they look at is like, probably a little bit off topic, when there's a picture on social media, they look at the comments straight away.
2: Just let the comments go, boys. Yeah, Don't, yeah. don't read the comments. <laughs> Just look at the picture and <laughs> I say, yourself. if you want
0: to read negative stuff, like, if you want to pump yourself up, yeah. you've got to read negative stuff because that's what's going to be written in there.
2: Yeah, but but who cares if a journalist exactly. in the Telegraph gives you a six out of ten? Mm, I'd be. Maybe, if six. Reedy
0: gave me a three out of ten, I if I'm going to care about what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give some his, t- so give his article what? two may, out may, of ten.
2: Maybe if, he, if someone like that gives you a three out, you, you wear it as a badge of honour. You go, yes. If he thinks I've had a crap game and I've probably done something right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> going to a little breather. are back buddy.
1: in a moment with some more yarns with players and pfft Woodsy, Yo. it's on the rundown here, this yep. special edition of the Journos edition of Footy Talk. When Woodsy was linked to Manly as a teenager, Bulldog made up that he had a flat in the Manly
0: area. Yeah. What's this yarn? So, it was when I was 18, I was just coming through first grade at, at West Tigers. I played my first year, um, and there was all talk about, you know, it wasn't a big talk, but it was like, I was off contract, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was only going to stay at Tigers, but then somehow I think... Uh, Bud or Richie had a connection with our CEO at the time, which was Grand Mayor, and I think they were just trying to get you for just lowballing us, trying to get us for cheap as. Which I uh, didn't really cost much money on the cap, to be honest with you, because I just wanted to learn off the old boys. But there was an article, you know, Woodie's got terrible knees, blah blah blah, but he's also got a unit a dy yeah. on the water. <laughs> My mum rings me up and goes, "There's something you're not telling me," because <laughs> I didn't read the paper, and she goes, and "I go, what are you talking about?" She goes, "I'm just reading this thing in the paper. It says you got a a, a unit in dy."
1: This is 2008? 2009, I think it was. So they're going for 1.2 to 1.3 in those days I wish on I had I didn't
0: have enough cash. I was only 19, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then so mum's like, so are you going to tell me about this unit in DY? I said, mum, don't listen to these idiots. So every time I see Bulldog now, I said, mate, are you still looking after my place in DY? <laughs> <laughs> Did it bother him that he got it completely wrong? No, one, not really. He was just going off what the CEO at the time was telling him.
1: Wow. That is a hard thing sometimes when you, you you're given a nugget of gold like that. But you, like, know
0: what, you know really? what? Really, like, if that was now, like it just turns the fans against you sometimes because they're just thinking that you're going to leave straight away. Yeah. And I was yeah. never never a chance of leaving. There you go, uh, Jimmy V Jerno in England. When a
1: Jerno wrote an incorrect story that you weren't playing for a personal matter. Oh man! My <laughs> goodness!
2: Yeah, this oh. really this really <laughs> pissed me off. He got this geezer got both barrels on the phone so after it as well. On a scale of naught to Peter Fitzsimons, where does it rain? Oh, this was just pure rage. So, like, <laughs> we just pl- um, was this early on in your career or later on? Just I was I was leaving to come over here. Oh, wow! yep. So the week of the. Preliminary final, the qualifying final to mm. go in to play uh the grand final. St. Helens were playing Wigan. Yep. Oh, um, big game. I lost my granddad that oh. that week on the Monday. Yeah. So I was away from training. Media were there. I wasn't there. Yep. Like, oh you know, questions. Why is mm. Jane, He's away on a personal matter. Anyway, this journalist rings yep. me. He's like, mate, are you are you gonna be right to play? I'm like, mate, 100 percent I am playing. Like, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's game. I am 100% playing. Like, do not put anything in about this personal matter. Like, I want to keep this completely private. Mm. I've just lost my granddad. I don't want it going. Tomorrow in the paper, what do I see? James Graham in doubt because of a personal matter. I was like... I obviously we're on a a podcast that might go to people but words that I used to him that were reserved for that 10 out of 10 so and I basically said to him if I ever see you at one of the, I've only got a couple of games in England left but if I ever see you at one of them mate it ain't gonna be pretty like I was filthy because he took my very personal issues and and used it and me I felt I felt used from a very personal issue for him to write a Nonsense story that wasn't true because I was gonna play as if I'm not gonna play because my granddad's passed away. Yeah, I was like, mate, you. I was like, you weak effing. Did you have a C- good relationship up until then? Not, not, re- not really. I mean, it just you knew like who he was, but- who he was. Yeah, but it wasn't like we had a personal yeah. relationship. But I was, mate. I was like, mate, how dare you? Like I, I was ready to like kill this bloke because like, I a was a special actually, guest today on the podcast. He's yeah. here right <laughs> now. No, no. <laughs> Honestly, if I'd have, if I'd have seen him, I, I reckon I wouldn't have been coming to Australia because it'd have been done for like manslaughter. Yeah, you'd still be in Or, or <laughs> like... actually, not manslaughter, first degree intentional, premeditated, <laughs> well, thank God decapitation you didn't see <laughs> and murder. How'd you play? Uh, played pretty well. We won the game and got into the grand final. Yeah, yeah. Does it motivate words or? or... Like can I, say, you, I think can- I think they can do like if you feel like your performance is is under under scrutiny, mm-hmm. I think there's a personality type that step up and go, yeah. I'm gonna prove this person wrong. Where some players I feel you can observe them and they're hearing every word, and every word is like a weight on their shoulders. Which pressure, and yeah, yeah. And, and that pressure. And you see the best players, what happens is they're under pressure, they'll go out there, they'll make a mistake, they'll miss a tackle but then it doesn't affect them. They keep going. Mm. But there are others that once they make that first mistake and they're already under pressure, yep.
0: Gone. it's like
2: they can hear the commentary. Really? They can feel the fans go. Yeah. Oh.
0: It's funny. They come, like If you're on the bench, they'll come up and go, oh, what about that missed tackle I did? And mm.
1: They just can think about it already. With um, coaches and using words to motivate, words from outside to motivate their team, ever had a coach – literally, and you hear the stories, oh, the coach will be slapping that article up on the wall to say, like, whether it be a comment from a opposition player or an opinion piece, even worse, from a, a pencil neck, as I call them, um, <laughs> <laughs> proud card-carrying member of that group. <laughs> but have you ever seen a coach literally pin up the words or, or make mention of it in a team team oh,
0: talk? I've had a few coaches in my time. There's been a lot of different ones. And, yeah, sometimes they get articles up just to try, and, try to motivate you. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Depends how bad the articles are. You know, if it's something that you've been working on that you've been, you know, especially your pre season, say you're trying to work hard on your, your defence, your ruck defence, and then you just have one-off game and then they come out and say he's have played pretty soft through the middle. Yeah. If someone calls you soft, that's pretty, pretty motivating, especially if you're a middle forward.
2: I, I heard a tale about Penrith Panthers that they used every quote from every journalist saying yeah. they can't win three in a row. Really? Yeah. That, and that was... Uh, Look, you've got a very, very handy football team there <laughs> at your disposal as well. But you know, sometimes you're just looking for that slight edge, especially as a, as when a coach. you've
1: had so much success as well. You're trying to
2: like think of new ways well, to to get them we, up and keep well, them up. Well, also when you think a journalist job, sometimes this is a, a different perspective to that. But a journalist job is to drag something out of a player. Mm. to say something that you know can maybe be taken out of context so this is why the current player doesn't give a journalist very much especially when Mm. speaking about opposition teams because anytime you would make comment about an opposition team you know that a coach will be going hang on a minute let's I don't care what this what this journalist, this pencil pencil neck, pencil pusher is going to say. <laughs> Let's see what the opposition is saying yeah, yeah. about us. Stick that on the wall. You know, if you ever trip up on your words and say something about one of the lower base teams that you're coming up against this week, you know that's going on the dressing room more.
0: I, I've got one actually when I was at the Dragons. Hook actually got up a lot of slides. And when I was sitting there, I think I was sitting next to Frankie Mollo. And I, I knew it wasn't going in my ear and, and it was coming out the other one with Frankie. And when I said him, I said, mate – so you're looking at these articles, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, mate," they're all about a hook, not us. <laughs> <laughs> With the whole playing group thinking that way. Uh, well, I don't think, don't think many of them were understanding what he was trying to do. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, What about the time that Tim Sheens blew up at a leak, but he was the leak?
0: Oh, this is the best actually. Because I what remember the hell. So I was a young fella. Um, this was back when you didn't have to name the one to seventeen or one to eighteen by certain times. You could just. Captain's run, you could play a player in jersey number twenty six. Yep, but somehow this one journo, the mole. Remember the rugby league week mole, Tony Adams. Tony Adams. He would get our team correct every time because I remember I debuted in jersey number nineteen, and it come yeah. out Aaron Woods debuting number nineteen. Uh-huh. This was early in the week before I even knew I was playing first grade. So this was probably about ten weeks into the season. We had a bit of a team meeting, and and Sheen's is just down the front laying the law. Like, boys, stop talking to journo's. If I find out who gets this, you know, when we walk out here, there's always a person that gets our team list. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And, like, I'm sitting there, like, just shitting myself because I'm in a young the first grade. I don't, <laughs> like, you know, when you feel like you've done something wrong, Yeah. but you haven't, like, you completely got no idea. And when I walked out of the room, I remember looking at Chris and I was like, man, what, what, what's he talking about, by the way? He goes, don't worry about it. He goes, it's Sheenzy's best mate, Tony Adams. <laughs> and then, literally, within five minutes, Tony Adams' of rugby league week mole had our side. Literally. And the Farrows, like, Farrows, mate, I told you. <laughs> and, Did Sheenzy ever admit to it? Never. Wow. Well, never. That's brilliant. Sign
1: of a good coach. <laughs> We're going to end the, in the uh, Footy Talk, Geno's edition, special edition right there in the lead-up to Vegas. he? Stay off Tinder when you're over there. <laughs> enjoy yourself. Happily married, mate. Yeah, no, that's a message from your wife, not your footy club. Um, but stay off Tinder. Stay away from trouble if that's possible.
0: I'll just stay in my hotel room.
1: Well, you can get into trouble there as well in your hotel room in Vegas. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll oh, tell you a story
1: off here. But um,
2: mate, enjoy yourself over
1: there Thank and you. go well and from a manly perspective, just win the bloody game, all right? Two points. And uh Jimmy, um
2: you're going to Vegas as well. I, I am, yes, and I'll be behaving myself. <laughs> no, you don't have to worry about that. You just enjoy yourself in. He's a different- Master Probably. for
0: Triple M He has to
2: I'll be... Yeah
0: well he's expected <laughs> To do certain things then Could be the case
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll need some stories To tell so I'll have to go And see what's happening Break all the can't news can no. Yes Bring him back for Footy Talk The
1: journos edition You can Will be a journo do. for one week With all the stories Cheers <laughs> guys That was fun Thanks Thank mate